Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You guys should answer me if you can hear me. You know, so that I won't do what happened last week. Even if it's just a message. Okay. So I'm just going to get straight to the point. Like I'm gonna start with um Islam. Last week we explained um, the meaning, the, who the Khawarij are, the Murji'a, and then the Ahlul Sunnah and Jama'a. We also explained um, the meaning of Islam. I don't know if anyone could remember that, but then, anyways, to save time, I'm just going to start with the first nullifier of Islam. Amira, the mutton, please. Like, sorry, just say it. Okay, there are two. Okay, there are two types of shirk: the major shirk and the minor shirk. Um, I'm gonna start with the first one. That's the major shirk. The major shirk, okay, consists of four types. The first one is the shirk of love. The second one is um the shirk of supplication the third one is the shirk of intention and will then the fourth one is the shirk of obedience so when we're talking about shirk of love this type or this type of shirk means to love a creation as you love allah or even more so you know sometimes some people tend to say okay i love my mom so much she means the whole world to me but then we should know that we're not meant to love a creation the same way we love Allah because um, Allah said in Surah Al-Baqarah verse 165 and of mankind are some who take for worship others beside Allah as rivals they love them as they love Allah but those who believe love Allah more than anything um, Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah said whosoever loves a creation equal to his love to Allah he is a mushrik and then there, like there must be a difference between loving for the sake of Allah and then loving with Allah. Many people, like many people who claim to be Muslims, have fallen into this type of shirk by you know loving your leaders or your friends or your spouse or your parent, you know. So, um, <clears throat> then. Anyways, a part of shirk of love is um, loving a creation equal to loving Allah. So if someone dies upon, like if someone dies while he loves a creation the same way he loves Allah, then he's a mushrik. There are four different types of love. The first one is loving for the sake of Allah. And loving what Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam love. So this is how a Muslim should be like, you know, you love someone for the sake of Allah and then you love what Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam love. Um, I think there's a saying that um, Ibn, Ibn al-Qayyim said about this type of love. He said, there are four types of love where one must differentiate between them. And there were some people who have misguided, like there are some people were misguided because they were unable to differentiate between them so I'm gonna like just talk about them there are four types the first one is loving Allah only yes the first one is loving Allah the first one is loving Allah only which is not enough for surviving Allah's punishment and winning his reward indeed al-mushrikin the worshippers of the cross the Jews and others love Allah like do you understand the point I just made like just send me a hi or something so that I will chat
Yeah, now I'm trying to record, but I don't know whether it's gonna work. So, inshallah. The second one is loving what Allah loves. This leads to okay. Yes, the second one is loving what Allah loves. Like you love whatsoever Allah loves, and then you hate whatsoever Allah hates. The third one is loving for the sake of Allah and loving Him. This is okay. This is a requirement of loving what Allah loves, and loving what Allah loves will not complete except loving in Him and for Him. Am I making sense? Anyways, um, the last one I think is um, loving with Allah. Everyone, okay, everyone who loves something with the love of Allah, not for the sake of Allah, neither for Him nor in Him, then He has associated partners with Him. Like, do have you guys understood? Okay, this first type of this is the first type. Of um, what do you call it? Shirk. Nah. So the second one is the shirk of supplication. Um, Allah says in Quran, I think twenty nine, verse sixty five, and um, He said, "And when they embark on a ship, they invoke Allah, making their feet pure for Him only. But when He brings them safely to land." To the land they are meant to be, they give a share of their worship to others. And he also says in chapter 17, verse 67, And when Ham touches you upon the sea, those that you call upon vanish from you except for him, Allah alone. But when he brings you safely to land, you turn away from him, and man is ever ungrateful. So... um. Ibn Khathir says in his book of Tafsir, like when he was explaining this verse, he said, there's a companion, I think, Ikrima ibn Abi Jahal, fled from Allah's messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at the time when Mecca was conquered. He rode over the Red Sea to cross over to Ethiopia. But, but as they were proceeding, a heavy storm wind overtook their boat, and huge waves came to them from all sides, and they thought that they were encycled therein. The people of the boat said to one another, None can save you except Allah, so invoke him to deliver you safely. That companion said to himself, By Allah, if none can benefit in the sea except by Allah, if none can benefit in the sea except Allah, then no doubt none can benefit over the land except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He also said, O oh Allah, I promise you that if you delivered me safe from this, I will go and put my hands in the hands of Prophet Muhammad and surely I will find him full of pity, kindness and mercy. So Allah delivered them safely and returned to their seashore and came out of the sea. That person then proceeded to Allah's Messenger and he embraced Islam. And became a perfect Muslim. So invoking others than Allah in your supplication is a major shirk. It's an act of worship. Like, so we all know that supplication, dua, is an act of worship. And devoting an act of worship to other than Allah is shirk. The messenger, the messenger of Allah said, um, supplication is the worship in, in an authentic hadith. So... Now, I feel like I'm talking too much. Like, are you guys understanding? Yeah, I don't want yeah, to we're understanding. Okay, now. So, the third type of measure, shirk, is shirk of intention and will. So, um, <clears throat> Allah said in um, chapter 11, verse 15 and 16, whosoever desires Whosoever desires the life of the world and its glitter to them, we shall pay in full wages of their deeds therein, and they will have no diminution. Um, in verse 16, he said, They are those for whom there is nothing in the hereafter but fire, and vain are deeds they did, and of no effect is that which they used to do. That's their deeds. Okay, Ibn al-Qayyim said, um, as for shirk of intention and wills, it is, it is the sea without a shore, and few are among people who survive it.
like take note of his statement he said shirk of intention and wills it's the sea without a shore and few are among people who survive it whosoever intends for his deeds to be for other than allah and intent other than worshiping him and seeking his his reward whereby that person has fallen into shirk in his intention and will um that's for shirk of intention and will then the last one the last but not the least i guess that's shirk of obedience which is obeying others in disobeying allah like in other words when someone tells you to prostrate so other than allah you obey him and then you disobey allah as allah forbid prostrating to others than him that's why some people like normally some people will say okay there is no pleasing a creation while you're displeasing allah so um um <laughs> okay yeah okay um allah um i'm so sorry as a love has forbids prostrating to other than him or wish okay or we could say if someone legalizes the actions made haram by allah or forbids what allah has made halal then that is considered shirk like shirk of obedience do you understand what i mean okay if something is haram and then someone comes to, comes to you and tells you okay it is halal then that's shirk of obedience there's an ayah and a hadith but honestly i don't know the ayah nor do i know the hadith so amira can you like add something to this before i continue or like i should just continue no so the minor shirk man the minor shirk okay it consists of three types the first one is taking oaths by others other than allah the second one is the second one is saying what allah may will and you may will i'm going to um, explain that one then the third one is riya show off so the first one taking oaths by other than allah it is um shirk to swear by other than allah um in an in an authentic hadith narrated by umar ibn khattab radiyallahu anhu that allah's messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam said whosoever swears by other than allah has disbelieved or committed shirk so most of the times okay we tend to see people swearing in the name of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam instead of them to say wallahi do not be like okay astaghfirullah azduha it's actually common with hausawa they will not say okay naransida annabi astaghfirullah it actually sounds so weird in my mouth but then swearing by other than allah such as a prophet an angel etc is considered minor shirk then the second one is um okay saying what allah may will and you may will um narrated by ibn abbas radiyallahu anha once a man came to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and said with the will of allah and which your will like that means with the will of allah and the will of the prophet then he said something then he made a statement i can't really recall then the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to him have you made an associate with allah rather it is what allah alone wills so you don't say okay um with the will of allah and the will of the prophet this and um, this is going to happen you just say inshallah like with the will of allah that's the second one and then the last but not the least is riya show off riya is um practicing an act of worship in order to please the creation instead of the creator riya can be a major like or a minor shirk if the like if someone practice all of his good deeds in order to please other than allah then this is considered to be a major shirk but if the person intends to please other than allah in some of his good deeds then this is considered to be a minor shirk um there's a hadith i think so well i'm not sure but then there's an ayah in the quran chapter 18 verse 110 um where allah says Say O Muhammad I am only a man it has been inspired to me that 
your Allah, that's Allah, is one. So whosoever hopes for the meeting with his Rabb, let him walk righteousness and associate none as a partner in the worship of his Rabb. So now, um, okay, so these are the three types of minor shirk. So I'm going to try and explain the, like, I'm going to try and talk about the difference between major shirk and minor shirk. Therefore, yeah, like there are four different ways. I obviously know there are more than that. Okay, the first one is major shirk. Major shirk condemns the one who practices it to abide in hell forever. Whereas minor shirk is not good. I don't know who speaker is working, but I'm gonna miss that person. Okay, no. So the first one is major shirk condemns the one who practices it to abide in hellfire forever, whereas minor shirk does not. The second one, major shirk nullifies all your good deeds, while minor shirk does not. Okay, major, sh- I think major shirk justifies violating blood and property. Okay, that is making the taking of a person and his wealth legal for Muslims, while minor shirk does not. Then the last one is um, major shirk constitutes of apostasy, while minor shirk does not. So, nah, um, I think that's the end of the first Nawaqad of Islam. That's the first Nawaqad of Islam. So, let me come back. Okay? Nah, um, so, the first one we all know, okay, I said major shirk, like two types, major shirk and minor. Major shirk has four examples, and then, sorry, four types, and then minor shirk has two types. So, nah, um, if anyone has a question, you can ask me if I know or answer if I don't know then anyone can answer so thank you i mean i mean i mean i mean so okay we're talking we're meant someone was meant to talk about um the virtues of hijab but then apparently she's not here so i don't know if anyone could you know just say something even if it's just for a minute like anyone can talk while we're here before the session ends now okay assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh um alhamdulillah i think about was it last week you had the other class yeah the yeah it was last week Okay. For those that were uh, here and present, I I addressed the topic of virtues of hijab. Well, I don't think it's bad for us to re-address it, inshallah, since it's the system is supposed to take us now around. No. So, we'll just do that briefly, inshallah. Um, the topic is virtues of hijab. By virtue... It means a beneficial quality that comes with something. So if we're saying the virtues of the hijab, we're saying the things that come with the hijab, the positive things that come with the hijab. Now, I'm just going to briefly say things that I said before, inshallah, so we understand um, where we are going to swindle. Okay, um, the very first virtue of the hijab is the hijab is for modest and respectable women. As Allah has said in the Quran, He said, Oh Prophet, tell your wives and your daughters. No? I think first you should um, describe what the actual hijab actually, like, you get the correct hijab before you go into the virtues of the hijab, inshallah. Hmm. Okay. 
So basically, while she's, I don't know what she's doing, but while she's doing what she's doing, inshallah, and we have in the conditions of the hijab, yeah. or I want to I want to change the word, okay? Because hijab, as we all know, means like, you know, a barrier. Yes, yeah, a barrier. Um, you know, uh, when Allah talks in the Quran, he talks about the two seas that don't meet, hijab, and there's a there's a hijab between them. So, um, but when Allah talks about, you know, the garments that we wear as believing women, he said, uh, Allah used the word jilbab. And, um, you know, this jilbab that covers, you know, it's a garment that starts from the top and flows to the ground um, and so on and so forth so obviously there are conditions to the hijab like it cannot be seasonable it cannot be perfumed and this point of perfume even if okay it's not easy for most of us to you know wear the correct hijab or to wear the jilbab it's not easy and even those who have been wearing it for a period of time can testify to the fact that it's not easy, it comes with its trials but you know, Allah says that the people think that they're going to, left, to be left alone to say that they believed and they're not going to be tested so you know, you have to remember that but on this issue of perfume there's an authentic hadith where the messenger والسلام, he said that the woman who goes out with a perfume there's no difference between her and the fornicating woman. And so there's no difference. I, exactly. So if I go out now and I put on perfume, there's no difference between me and a woman who... I have basically just committed zina. By putting on perfume, I've committed zina. That's how to protect us. It's um, very, very important that, you know, if you are somebody who needs to reminded and you forget easily like obviously we all need to be reminded but if you forget very easily maybe print out or write out the conditions of uh, the hijab it cannot be see-through it must be a loose fitting garment uh, it can't be fragranced uh, what else? It should not be worn for fame or shows exactly should not be worn like you know it's a command of Allah firstly awal and it, the reason why we wear the the jilbab is not because of it's not because um of whatever whatever it makes us look like pretty people it's because allah he commanded us to do it all well and that's the first reason um what is your intention matters and if you want to gain the reward you know obviously you get the reward of obeying allah you get the reward of when sincerely for his sake like, because, you know, as women, let's not lie to ourselves. We are, the the way we are made is to to want to, you know, be beautiful and whatnot, you know. It's, it's not hard for us to, <laughs> it's not hard for us to just go on the road and start wearing rubbish, you know. But it's a sign of your taqwa. You know, it's a sign of you being conscious of Allah Azza wa Jalla that you are not heedless of his commands and whatnot. So that's Allah to keep us steadfast. Inshallah, later we'll send a Amen. picture with the conditions so we can all have them, inshallah. So, Allah to them, inshallah. Um, okay, so Alhamdulillah, she has already said the conditions of this job. So um, I'm just going to complete the ones she missed out. So Alhamdulillah, she said the first one is it covers the whole body. The second, it should not be perfumed. Um, the third, it should not be an adornment in of itself. Like when you want to sew your jubab and you're putting this. Um, these materials, or you're putting um, beads all over, or you're putting those like fancy stuffs that uh, we see uh, these days, because people would say, okay, yeah, I'm wearing the jubab, but 
it's it having all these things that should not be there then it is loose and it is not transparent some people wear the hijab and you can see the dresses they wear inside you could see the trousers you could see the top you could see their hair everything you know it's like that's not jubab and that's not the hijab and most importantly it should not resemble the clothing of the, of, of the men because like some people would wear the jeans they wear top and they just tie their hair and they be like oh yeah i'm wearing a hijab you know it should not resemble the clothing of the male gender um the next one it should not also resemble the clothing of the disbelieving women like that's the half you like um, wearing skimpy clothes you know i think we've all encountered muslims that wear maybe bum shorts or skirts and they put hijab on one they're like yeah i'm wearing i'm wearing the hijab so that's not the correct hijab and yeah finally like we said it should not be one for film or show off so having those conditions in mind would now help us know the virtue that comes with observing the correct hijab like um i said it's not easy it's not something that we can just jump into like right to me but the effort unless it's your effort it says that okay i'm trying to um obey him i'm trying to do my best that does not mean you say, okay, yeah, um, next year I'll start in the jubab because we are not promised to next year. So just try. Even though it's, even though it's, I don't know, it's, even it's just like the, the little amount of money you have, just try out one jubab first. Just try out and see how how well it sits with you. Inshallah. May Allah put the love of the hijab in our hearts. Um. Um, so the virtues of the hijab, like I said, I'm not going to briefly, I'm not going to go into details like I did last time. Um, now, the first one, like I said, is hijab is for the modest women and the respectable women. Even online, the Quran said, it, like, tell the um, believing women, believing women, she didn't just say an ordinary woman or a kafir. He said, the believing women, all prophets, tell your wives and your daughters and the believing women to draw their cloaks all, all over their bodies. That would be better that they should be known so as not to be annoyed. And Allah is ever oft forgiving, most merciful. So the next one is the hijab is actually a virtue of purity. We're not saying that everybody that wears the hijab is pure. It's just, you know, it's holy. But it gives that signal outside that, okay, yes, this person is respectable. She's seen as someone who is, you know, pure, who is, like, she abstains from all these alcohol, sexuality things. You get what I'm saying? So, now, and as, as um, the ayah of the Quran that says, and when you ask, you ask the prophet's wives for anything, um, you should ask them from behind the screen. Now, right? You should ask them from behind the screen. And that is purer for their hearts. So that's a sign that the hijab is a sign of purity. Now, then, I think I said this one before. It, um, hijab, it brings honor. It's honorable. And I'm very sure each and every one of us have actually encountered respect and honor by observing the hijab. Like, um, let's say you go to a certain environment and the way they treat other people is like, no, if they see you, ah, no, she's, 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 I'm covering her body, please just have respect, like, even, like, where I stay here in Lagos, if you're going out, even though people are mad in this area, like, when they see you, like, with the correct hijab, they give you that honor, that respect. Now, and by the hijab, we actually do not just mean, you know, the clothing, that's, that's actually very important, but the hijab is also, in the way you speak, the way you act, the way you communicate with people, and the way you also relate with mahrams and non-mahrams. So, you can't see somebody that's wearing a makeup, going to a party, and she's dancing. Or you can't see someone that is observing jubab, and she's fighting on the streets. And that's God has already now. He allowed her and... You know? Mm -hmm. 
and she'll tell you that she's just playing like they are they are hitting themselves and they're like it's just play it's just play that's actually has defeated the aim of the hijab and um the next one okay i think yeah hijab serves as you know a righteousness but um we hijab is for successful women and believing women yeah um okay there's this hadith that i came across while preparing for this stuff it says very for every religion there is a characteristics characteristic sorry and the character and the characteristics of islam is higher that's a modesty shyness bashfulness so it is upon us as muslims not only muslim women as muslims in general to have higher to have this to have this shyness to have this you know a bashfulness that we don't just go out and behave abnormally because in any way we are we are um, representing islam imagine if me i'm dressed like this nicole abaya or sorry jubabia and i go out to the market yeah and then i'm arguing with the with the person that is selling because she's like inflating the prices for me and then i'm fighting and i throw my hijab away subhanallah it happens you know it happens it happens already happens because i've seen these things happen before and that one is actually when you don't know the reason as to why you're observing your hijab because some to them is cultural some it was forced upon them to just take it you know but when you know, okay, I'm doing this because my Rob says I should do it. It's a command from Allah. And I'm trying to obey my, uh, my, you know, I'm trying to obey Allah and be closer to him. So whatever happens to you, you know, okay, yes, I have to have higher. I have to be, I have to have taqwa wherever I am. It does not mean that, okay, if I meet, if I meet uh, my Christian friends, I'll just take it off like, I don't want to be seen as an extreme or something. Then if you're with your Muslim friends, you now put on the whole, um, you know, gloves, abaya, this, this. That also is kind of a hypocrisy. So, may Allah save us from hypocrisy and continue to increase the love um, of hijab in our hearts. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Um Abdullah. Thank you so much. I think she've said more than enough. Like, so, if you are willing to start wearing the jobab, make an effort. Don't just sit down and be like, okay, I'm gonna do it tomorrow, or I don't want my friends to taunt me, or this or that. Just make an effort. If you don't make an effort, you won't know whether you can wear it. Like, it's not easy. And then, allow, okay, put it in your heart that, okay, the jilbab covering up is so beautiful. If it looks beautiful to you, you'll be able to wear it. But as long as you admire all those people that don't cover up, then that's what you'll be aiming for. If you keep on following them on your social media platforms, then those are the same people you will want to be like. But if you keep on reading the stories of, okay, the Sahabiyat, the wives of the Prophet, then you take them as your role model, you would be able to dress in the same way they were dressing. Okay, so may Allah give us the ability to, you know, cover up and may Allah continue to increase our iman. Um, I mean, um, Muslim women, I think it's important. I want to be like Iman, I don't like. You know, all the madness movement that is going on. A lot of people look like this, you know. The best in that there was there was uh, uh, an individual from amongst the Salaf, you know, the pious predecessor of Al Islam, um, and his wife asked him to get her a new jilbab. There's no sin in this, okay? She obviously needs the jilbab if she's going to go out. And he said to her, he will get it for her. But he fears that by getting it for her, she will abandon the jilbab that Allah already gave her for free, which is what mm-hmm. her home. 
like if there's no necessity if you don't need to go out then just stay at home you don't need to wear anything you don't need to wear jilbab if you stay young just stay at home you know, on, if you stay in your house and there you know there your mahrams are there you know you can dress now like well, even that has its own you know some people take that extreme even that one has its own you know but that's not the talk for today no. um you know so just don't forget that Allah he already honored you with a jilbab you should only to go out and just stay in your house is not by force you know uh, Fatima, she said that the best women are those who are not seen by men and men don't see them like we are striving for gender so obviously we are striving to be from amongst the best of women how can you be the best of women if everywhere you are going Yes, men, 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 men. Ah, ah, hajj, let me help you. Let me, you know, <laughs> some men. You're like uh, on your social media mm-hmm. page. You're posting your pictures everywhere. This one will see you. The other person will see you. Wallahi, you don't know who is screenshotting your picture and keeping it on his phone. You don't know the intention that people have. Like, we all continue together. Let's go. Um, like it's not um, easy when um, at um, all it's not easy to cover up if you wear it people will be looking at you somehow even as has house house how I do say but Hawaii but but like take that off your mind like take that off your mind like purify your intention like be sincere to yourself like have a class in it so ever you're going to do and then Allah is going to make it easy for you but as long as you keep on putting okay the opinions of others in your head you won't even make a single yeah. move in this mm-hmm. dunya you can't even lift That's a hand like okay. at all you know wearing jilbab doesn't make you an extremist at all it doesn't make you an extremist like you need to understand that jilbab is the bare minimum it is exactly. just the bare minimum honestly it is just the bare minimum just because you wear this we are not saying it because we do it exactly. it's because it's the truth like it's just and it's just down. the bare minimum even you know when we were jahil of the fact that we need to wear jilbab like deep down we know that we have to cover all of us yes they do know they everyone do know. knows like everyone knows it's either we're trying to be ignorant about it or we're just wearing clothes to attract yes, the sir. opposite gender or i don't know what would be a reason for not well, like 98% of females that expose themselves is for what acceptance to attract themselves you know obviously to fit in the society everyone wants to fit in the society the society how much are they doing for you our people our people are in concentration camp our people are are being bombed every day by you know all the useless khawarij and the all these governments that are looking like they're helping people but they are making matters worse exactly you know when the job and see answers and okay i think like, i think there's something that you guys should use as a motto in anything you're doing just know this the grave does not have bunk beds you go into your grave alone you stand in front of allah alone everything you're doing is on by yourself i mean by yourself even your parents your mom would not be there to save you in the grave no matter how much you came to love you the most would not be there to save you they would they would run far from like they are trying to save their own head so who are you like imagine on that day those first like on that day those persons that will tell you he won't notice that Those a woman is naked. Those that will tell you, eh, it's too much. Just wear a scarf. Just wear a cap. On that day, they would even deny you. They would deny you. So just anything you're doing, just know it's for Allah's sake. On that, it would not be easy. Especially if you're in uni. It gets worse, actually. It would not be easy because people insult you. They will never want to talk to you. Yes, they will not want to hang out to you because why? Nobody wants to because stay you're with strange. you. Yes. Exactly. They don't want to gist with you. They don't want to talk. You know? They feel like you are dumb. Exactly. And like this thing is covering your brain. Yeah. You get it. So um. just, just, just try to be in the midst of righteous companions. Exactly. That's not going to make you. Okay. Righteous companions. Those that are going to make you do better. 
We are all even if you, you obviously we all encounter some rubbish experiences like that's part of life. Life, yeah. like, that's part of life. You know, do people think that they're going to be left alone to say they believe? Like you can even ten years, nobody will insult you or whatever. But one day, like after that ten years, somebody will just come and insult you. Are you going to now? You know, go back on everything just because somebody insulted. Yeah, so yeah. It reminds me of uh, when Rasulullah he died. You know, he said, um, you know, Umar, he didn't want to accept that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi he died. He was saying that if anybody says again that Muhammad yeah. has died, cut his neck. You know, he was threatening them, and he, you know, Ramar, he was not a man with empty threats. He would yeah. Him. He's gonna put yeah. it into action. Yeah, exactly. very bad temper. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But then, he came and he read the ayah where Allah says that, and Muhammad is not the father of any of you. He is but that, a messenger. Exactly, he's but a messenger. That if he was to move, are you going to flee on your heels and like are you going to leave the sword of Islam now that he's gone? That the test is when you are faced by the calamity. It's it's like it's easy to wear it, you know. But the test of the faith comes when the trials are afflicted on you. How are you going to react? You know, you are dressed like this, and then a non-Mahram comes up to you. He's a uh, Please, sister, can I have your number? I just, I just, I just want to marry you, and he wants to marry, and he's coming to you first. Like the test, like you have to have higher in your actions, in your speech, in in your transactions, everything. You know, you know, people are obviously you want to marry a righteous man. You are not going to find a right like no righteous man is going to want you while you are wearing jeans. Yeah, no jeans with hijab, with scarf, you know. Mm-hmm. Even this atamva of a thing, like yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it's our culture. It's attractive. Mm-hmm. That's just that, not the hijab that Allah, you know, prescribed upon you, just mm-hmm. to tie scarf that will match your atamva. <laughs> that's yeah. what was prescribed upon you. Now, even, even if that was the hijab. You know, you have, you have beautified it. Exactly. How you put stone, on? here will be open, half shown. Yeah. I don't understand. Pockets. Like, keep that beauty for your husband and you enjoy it. Like, keep it for that man. Like, keep it for him. And, like, you're going to enjoy it. But then, as long as you want to fit in the society, you keep, because you can never fit in the society, trends will keep on coming each and Allah every day. You can never satisfy every man. day. No never. matter how much you try to please a creation, Wallahi, you will never be able to do that. You keep on trying all the time. You're going to be trying, 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 and then you will still not be able to do it. So, just learn to love Allah. Like, learn to love Him. If you learn to love Him, Wallahi, it will be easy for you to let go of anything that is haram. But as long as you don't love him, you keep on, okay, you keep on doubting everything. It's either you are there or you are there. You are there or you are there. But if you'd learn to love him, like, instill that love in your heart. Just try and instill that love in your heart. And then it will be very easy for you to let go of things that are haram. But... That uh, Allah says that say, O Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, you truly love Allah, then follow me. Now, if you look at the life of the Messenger alaihi salatu wasallam, he said a very famous statement in his farewell speech. He said that upon you is my sunnah, as as a Muslim. You've accepted Muhammad Rasulullah. You've taken Muhammad as your messenger. So you have to believe in everything that he came with. Allah says, And he does not speak from his own desires. Whatever the Prophet said, it was wahi. It was revealed to him from Allah. So, and he says, that upon you is my sunnah and the sunnah of the Khulafa of Rashidun. 
of those uh, successors upon righteousness, okay? That, so who are those people? We have the Sahaba being the, the next best people to walk the earth, uh, the earth after the Anbiya, after the prophets, the Sahaba. Then you have the people who came after the Sahaba, the Tabi'in or the Tabi'un, okay? And then after them, you have the Atba'at Tabi'un, the people who followed the Tabi'un and who their students, the Salaf, okay? So when we're talking about the Salaf, we're talking about the Sahaba, we're talking about the students of the Sahaba, and we're talking about the students of the Sahaba students, you know? This, you know, was a statement by Hassan al-Basri where he said, and that you should hold on to your religion from the trustworthy handhold. Allah says in the Quran, Hold on to the work of Allah altogether. And don't become deviated. Don't, don't go away from that trustworthy handhold. What is the trustworthy handhold? It is the Quran. It is the sunnah upon the correct understanding. This is what we are missing today. Today we see people who follow Quran, even though they follow Quran in parts. We see people who uh, take the Quran, they don't take the hadith. We see people who take the hadith, they don't take the Quran. So people say the Quran is makhluk, the, the Quran was created. You know, there are a lot of wrong understandings. But as a Muslim, and this is why it's upon you. The Prophet and in other you know, versions of the hadith, Kulli Muslimin was Muslimat. Even if he just said Kulli Muslim, that entails you as a believing woman, also the believing man. That seeking knowledge is just obligatory upon the believing woman and the believing man. So this is why it's important. Because when you die, What's it going to be? It's going to be asked of you three things. Manrabuk, who's your Lord? Manrasuluk, who's your messenger? Umadinuk, and what was your religion? And Fawallah, Wallahi, if you cannot answer these questions, that gate of hellfire will be opened and you will be shown your seat in it. You'll be shown your seat in it. Who wants that? When you could have simply sought the knowledge in this dunya while you had the time, while Allah gave you the ability. Like today, there is no excuse. You have data to join Zoom call. You can use data to go on YouTube and start learning about Tawheed, learn Kitab at Tawheed. You know? Tawheed, you know, um, Ibn al Qayyim, he said that everywhere in the Quran that you see Allah say, Ya'budun, uh, it is the same thing as Allah saying, Yawahidun. That everyone you see Allah saying to worship, you can change it to as to single him out in the worship. You know? So when Allah he says, When Allah said that he has not created the jinn kind or the mankind except to worship him, we also take that as Allah saying he has not created the jinn kind or the mankind except to single him out alone in the worship. Our deen it revolves around a tawheed. What comes under tawheed is obeying Allah obeying his messenger, you know. And this is where we are lacking because everything else would be easy for you or easier than it is currently is for you if you follow Allah and you follow the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam upon the correct understanding, upon the understanding of those people who are with him. This is the most authentic religion in this world. How do you think the Quran has not been preserved? Because it came down. You know, when people finish the Quran and, like, you know, at, on a more serious level, you get something called an ijazah. Okay. It's like a certificate. On this ijazah, it links you as the individual all the way to the Prophet. Like, so. You, your name will be there, your teacher's name, who taught your teacher, who taught your teacher's teacher, all the way till it gets to Muhammad Ali, this is how authentic Islam is, and this is how the religion has been preserved. So all this is Ismail Mank, Yasser Qadi, Omar Suleiman, Hamza, whatever, Muhammad, all these people, 
you can't take from them hey because they are not taking from the authentic islam like yes qadi he used to be upon the path of the salaf but what happened he did not listen to that ayah wa atasmu billahi jami'an wa la tafarraqu he didn't listen see him now he's saying that his that his works are better than the noble scholar sheikh muhammad bin abdul wahab who revived the authentic islam in a time of jahiliya and shirk and loads of fahisha munkar all over the place you know especially with this coronavirus that has happened it's a time for us to reflect at you know what what are our priorities you know allah says that corruption has spread in the land and the seas be my kasabat aidin nas because of the hands of the people yani the the works that you have done with your hands are actions that is why these things are happening look at us as an ummah it's disgraceful it's disgraceful you know and it starts being be the change you want to see in the world if you want the ummah to be united upon khair because the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that the ummah will never his ummah will never uh unite upon falsehood so all the one is that uh, that just want everybody to come together hold hands and sit and smile we are the muslims whatever no if you want authentic islam do you want all of us to be upon that which of us are we were all upon the goodness and upon the authentic islam he will protect us he will give us success over the world and all if you want that start it from yourself you know, even if your parents are not upon the same thing as you you strive that inshallah ta'ala when you get married and you have your own children you will start a family that is upon the correct islam and they will start a family that is upon the correct islam like that like that generations imagine the amount of good deeds you will get imagine that's all I have to say inshallah anything i said that is true is for myself to be shared upon me and allah and his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam are free from it now jazakallahu khairan amira thank you so much well i think we've discussed more than enough so if anyone has a question is that you okay send it in the group or you need any of the admins so that you can talk about it so may allah continue to guide us and may he increase our iman so, so does anyone have any question you can tell me to say it no hmm? you can always send us messages inshallah yes you can always send us messages and then inshallah if we know we would answer so Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh